This is a podcast from Rover. Well, it's time now to check in with the Carter's Tyres brand ambassador, former All Black Richard Lowe. G'day, Lowe, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, Hamish, and good morning, Bex. Good morning. Good to see you at the field days. It was Lowe trudging around in the mud. You handled that mud very well. You were, you were a bit of a mud tracker. You did like a wet day on the footy field, didn't you? But not so much on the farm. Yeah, yeah, it was damp, wasn't it? And yeah. cool. Uh, that Tuesday, no, the Tuesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning, I was loading cattle out about half past six up at the Wymac Gorge, and it was two degrees and sleet. And this last week, uh, back here in Canterbury, been 19 to 23 degrees most days. So big turnaround. Yeah. What was your impression of the South Island uh, agricultural field days at Kerwee? It was interesting. Um, I've heard reports that some economists uh, were a bit down in the dumps and things weren't all that good. But you talk to certain exhibitors, and like Trevor Goody from uh, Tags Engineering, he said they had a bolter. You know, uh, things were going really good and um, flat stick. I said, if I was to order a unit, how long? He said, it'd be well into the spring. So, you know, the flat stick building, the flat stick selling, so, you know, They've got a product that everyone wants, both here in New yes. Zealand and the other side of the uh, Tasman. But, you know, uh, uh, some of the big companies like Power Farming, et cetera, those, they had great interest too. So yeah. across the board, I think, um, you know, I think the field days were quite good. Yeah, no, good stuff. Okay, uh, moving on from the uh, field days, uh, stock prices. Um, you know, we know everything's back a little bit, although there seems to be a little bit of longer term hope uh, in the lamb game. Yeah, it's just interesting that, as we know, farmers know it goes up and down. But I see uh, Silverfern Farms this last week. Uh, their schedule went up ten cents. Uh, I think it was on uh, lamb, and that's about third, fourth week in a row. And mutton was up 30 cents. So, yeah, the lamb and ewe side of things are going well. Uh, of course, cull cows are slipping back the other way. Uh, prime stock are holding holding firm, you could say. But uh, she's a real grass market out there. It doesn't matter whether it's sort of from Timaru uh, North, I'd say. Uh, mm. People have got plenty of tucker. Mm. Mm. Bex, have you have you still got a few lamb? I mean, in term, we know what's happened in terms, obviously, with the cyclone, but... What are the what is the grass like, and where are you at with with your lambs? Because obviously, fairly important to you over there in Pongara. Yeah, well, we offloaded obviously immediately within the first sort of ten days after the cyclone about fifteen hundred lambs, yep. maybe a little less. Um, so we got down to winter numbers pretty quickly, just. Yeah as our first action I suppose you'd say and funnily enough Richard actually went to discussion group on Tuesday and they do a thing that they fill out before discussion group every time and it's around feed demand and stocking rate and the weight of your hoggets and things like that and we had the lowest stocking rate of the entire group based based on what we did so yeah we've we've got not a lot of stock on compared to what we thought we would mm. and you know we've got rams out and things like that and the feed is the feed is amazing but the quality it will be hard to keep the quality yeah right okay well good to get the uh first hand off how, the other uh, land there however yeah. we're really happy with the hoggets i have to say right. we weighed them all this week and yep. um yeah they're averaging i think 44 kg and they've got a month to go so yeah we're really happy with that we might put a few more to the ram than we were planning yeah historically i mean that sounds like a pretty good number to me Lowie, what do you reckon it's um 
Yes, it is yeah. good numbers. And yeah. I, I see Bex there's also an influx of sheep into the um, Hawke's Bay. Uh, a ship, mm. shipment of Chatham Islands lambs came oh, yeah. this last week. And I've yeah. got a couple of Snapchat photos of them, and they're nice big animals. And uh, I suppose the one thing I did notice, they're full wool. And uh, I suppose for them over there, by the time they shore them and carted the wool anywhere, it wouldn't be a money-making venture. But these big crossbred lambs, uh, apparently in the local sale, and went very well. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. You'd be a tough, hardy lamb if you were from the Chatham, <laughs> Chatham Islands, Chatham wouldn't, Islands. You? wouldn't you? Yeah. Or well, the taste for crayfish. Yeah, you wouldn't be lacking in salt, would you? No. No, no well seasoned. Yeah. Hey, Lower, you mentioned uh, full wool. Now that you are retired, I mean, retired from hands-on farming, um, I, I, I imagine our good friend David Rab Short from the Manawatu will be wondering what you're going to do with your handy piece. Are you going to sort of advertise as somebody who's available to, to come and share two or three, you know, lifestylers and do a little bit of dagging and things like that? Well, I've still got about 350-odd merinos up on the ah. hills I have to tend to, uh, so I'm not out of it fully. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, all farm, but I st- I've still got all my cattle and um, a handful of merinos and doonies to keep me entertained, you could say, Hamish. Oh, oh, so you still got all your, your, your studs, your stud um, Santa Garudas, is that that's what they are, aren't they? The... Well, they're not stud, they're just commercial. I've still yeah. got the Santa Caputus, sold yeah. all the uh, steer calves and uh, 18-month-old steers, kept all the heifers and cows, and I've got them out on grazing at the moment up in uh, Chivia. Yep. Patrick's up there, so go up there in a week or two and see how they're adjusting to, to uh, North Canterbury life. Yeah. Oh, I would imagine it'd be pretty... Uh, so who do we... Um Goodness me. Bex, who do we talk to through had uh, oh, from the Awateri down to Cheviot, didn't we? Um, great family set up. God, my, my, sometimes my, my brain just escapes from me. Middlehurst. Yeah, yeah, from Middlehurst. Yeah, Middlehurst. From Middlehurst. Yeah, Middlehurst. Yeah, 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 McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Middlehurst up yeah. the top of the Awateri. There's sort of uh, the Muller station is in between them and Molesworth, so it's fairly yep. inland, Hamish. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get that impression. Uh, but it was just so, so good. To, uh, it was Lucy. We, we chatted to Lucy Bex to help, you know, you know, my old age is getting to me. Yes, it was yeah. Lucy. Yeah, it was she Lucy. She is yeah. uh, one of the yeah. the children who's involved with the business, but she is very involved with, um, I guess, the distribution and the, the day-to-day running of yeah. that Middlehurst Delivered, which is the direct-to-consumer yeah. lamb, yeah. merino lamb boxes. Yes, that's it. And, um, and uh, Chevy, obviously, a good part of the country as well in that sort of North Canterbury zone. Hey, Lowy, uh, it is always uh, uh, good to chat to you. Do, you. do you sort of have any Easter traditions that you sort of adhere to? Uh Bit of family time, or what's the plan? No, not really. Um, just keep out of the way. I might you might take it easier for a couple of days, but yeah. um, no, make hay while the sun shines down here and enjoy life. Yeah, I want to put uh, one sporting question to you. If you were, and this was me, start of the year, All Blacks chances of winning the World Cup, one out of ten. I've actually my my sort of rate. Well, I suppose. I'm sort of pushing towards three or four because I'm just seeing some players, and I'm talking about maybe not frontline players, Damien McKenzie, the young halfbacks. Um, I still think Satutu is underrated and off a good tight five dominating, could get a lot better. I'm just seeing some stuff I like. What about you? Where would you say uh, the barometer of all black chances at a Rugby World Cup in 2023 stand? 
I would uh, expect them to go through the last four for a starter. The big one's going to be the first game, and if they don't win that, it'll make life a little bit harder, but you have to beat everyone to win it. Yeah. So yeah, they'll go forward from there. I saw something online about rating players where they are, et cetera, et cetera, and I thought half those players that this one scribe had in his article shouldn't have been in the article, let alone on the field. But I, I think there'll be a couple of bolters. Yeah, you know, you have to look at the halfbacks. Um, yep. There's an old one from Wellington, I think, is used a, yeah. by date. Oh, well gone. And gone. Yep. But the chap that's replacing him, young Roygaard, yes. um, you know, he's playing exceptionally well in comparison with uh, other top ranked. You know, I think, you know, Went Christie and compared with Roygaard, you know, I, I tend to go the Roygaard way, for example. Um, Aaron Smith has got one trick left in, to, in him, but then you start to look at other positions, and it's the same. Don't, if, if a player's not playing at their utmost best, don't take him. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't take Bowden Barrett on last week's performance. But, all right, you've got uh, Richie Mawanga and Damian McKenzie. If they're your 5'8", five, five they're your form 5'8". Yeah, they, they are. They are. They absolutely are. So and, no place know, for sentiment. Are you going to put you Barrett they would leave as one behind? of your fullbacks? Is that no? I don't reckon they will. Bex? Do you reckon they would leave him behind, though? <clears throat> well, on form, they should. Oh, mm. I, I don't on know. I just think it would be, in, be interesting. An all-black team should be... Uh, selected on form, not on their history, and mm. you know that that's another thing. You go to the position you used to play, Hamish front row. Mm. Unless you are playing, and I would rather see our front rowers, De Groot, etc., um, playing near on eighty minutes each week yes. than giving them fifty or sixty and taking them off. Yeah. You know, because this is the time they have to be building stamina, Lomax. This resting players, you know, I'd see um, Barrett's been rested uh, in Canterbury here because he, for the Crusaders because he's had six in a row. Yeah. Hey, yeah. the others were injured. So, you know, he deserves a bit of a rest, yeah. but his form's good because he's playing consistency. The only reason players should get a rest is when they have got a breakage. Yeah, absolutely. Like someone so like that. They, yeah. So you need to build some at the for the want of a better word, resilience. They need to, you know, they need to be battle-hardened so they can, um, yeah, like you say, build up the stamina. Makes sense. Back in the day, they used to say harden up all the time, but you're not allowed to say that, Hamish, now. No, you're not allowed to, and that's what comes in the last 20 minutes of a match. That's when you get battle-hardened. Lowy played 49 test backs. There's guys who've played bloody near 100 who played less minutes than him. Think about that. Yeah, so your stamina was good, Lowy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I played under a, another set of rules where there's no <laughs> such thing as sub. <laughs> yeah. Rightio. Yeah. Good to chat, Lowy. That's our Carters brand ambassador, the ambassador for Carters, uh, the one and only Richard Lowe here on the Saturday edition, Easter, Saturday, Easter, Saturday edition of Rex. Laura Coote, Fairlight Foundation Executive Director, next.